Tak. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour open-line talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. To express your viewpoint, please call 804-754-1988. That's 804-754-1988. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. On Friday, Russian President Vladimir Putin blasted the United States in a speech from St. Petersburg accusing Washington and the United States of believing it is God's messenger and warning that the world order is changing. He said after declaring victory in the Cold War, the United States proclaimed itself to be God's messenger on earth. He's, the Kremlin had, it accused, uh, had accused the U.S. of attempting to cancel states that do not accept Western values. In other words, the liberal, well, politically liberal view, the multiculturalistic, religious pluralistic, multiculturalistic, uh, religious pluralistic view that uh, has been adopted and has exploded into moral, what should we say, a terrifying moral slide. That's how Vladimir Putin sees the United States of America. How do you see us? Well, today on Viewpoint, we're going to be taking a look at Russia. We're going to be taking a look at the Russian-Ukrainian situation, but particularly we're going to be taking a look at Russia. And I'm glad that you've joined us. Ukraine has restricted Russian books and music as of yesterday. That's right, as of yesterday. And, indeed, the former Russian president, Dmitry Medvedev, has said that Moscow should not negotiate with the U.S. on nuclear weapons. In fact... Let them come and crawl and beg for it, he said. And they should value it as an act of utmost generosity. NATO engaged in direct aggression against Russia, according to Moscow, and a Moscow senator leading the defense uh, institution there in Russia has said this is virtually an act of war. De jure, that means under law. Russophobia invading the West. That's coming from the Russian Times today. And all of this here on Viewpoint today. So I'm glad that you've joined us. It's conversation as always with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. Today we have a very special guest who's been uh, going to be joining us in a few minutes. He's already on the line with us from Russia. From Russia with Love, here today on Viewpoint, and I'm glad, again, that you have joined us. Russia is a transcontinental country spanning Eastern Europe and Northern Asia, the largest country in the world by area, and encompassing one-eighth of the Earth's inhabitants, that is, as to landmass. Russia extends across 11 time zones and borders 16 sovereign nations, the most of any country in the world. It's the ninth most populous country and the most populous country in Europe with a population of 145 plus million. The country's capital and largest city is Moscow, the largest city entirely within Europe. And St. Petersburg is Russia's cultural center and second largest city. We're not talking about St. Petersburg there in Florida. We're talking about in Russia. The East Slavs emerged as a recognizable group in Europe between the 3rd and the 8th centuries. 
the medieval state of Kievan Rus, arose in the 9th century, and in 988 it adopted Orthodox Christianity from the Byzantine or Byzantine Empire. Rus ultimately disintegrated, and among its principalities, the Grand Duchy of, of Moscow rose and grew to become the Tsardom of Russia. By the early 18th century, that is, the early 1700s, Russia had vastly expanded, evolved into the Russian Empire, the third largest empire in history. The monarchy was abolishing, was abolished following the Russian Revolution in 1917, and the Russian SFSR became the world's first constitutionally socialist state. In 1993, a new constitution was adopted the same year that Save America Ministries was founded, and since his election in the year 2000, Vladimir Putin has controlled Russia's political system, and Russia has experienced democratic backsliding, shifting into an authoritarian state. Those are just some initial facts, interesting facts, concerning the background, the history of Russia, formerly known as Rus, and the things that are taking place just in the last two to three days concerning Russia. Does that sound relevant? Well, it is relevant. It's going to be more relevant as we hear from our special friend, Lyle Thomas, coming from Russia as we speak. Lyle, it's good to hear from you. Thank you. Good to be here. Appreciate the opportunity. Well, you and I have had quite a long sojourn, haven't we? Oh, gosh, going back quite a few years. Yeah, probably at least uh, 20, I would think, close to 20 years. Maybe 1998, I think we got to know each other. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, you were heavily involved in uh, uh, working with the churches in uh, uh, Richmond, Virginia, the birthplace of the nation, and we worked together to try to achieve peace among the denominations. A pretty tough task, wasn't it? (laughs) To say the least. It, It was a worthy endeavor, but, boy, an uphill battle. Yeah, it's like paddling a canoe straight up Niagara Falls, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> that's right that's right well uh, you have a family your wife's name is diana how many kiddos do you have now we have three and how old are they now uh 23 20 and 18 wow things happen so quickly when we're having so much fun and uh, of course you're not having that much fun right now in not so jolly old russia but uh, what took you to russia we uh, had had, uh, for me personally, I'd, Russian's been on my heart since really I was a child. My really? school teacher, yes, he used to talk about the oppression of the Christians in in uh, in Soviet Russia, mm-hmm. and it sort of captivated my heart, really. Really? And, uh, you know, I didn't even know that when we had our sojourn for so many years here in Richmond, Virginia. I guess I didn't talk about it much then, but it, it was sort of this, it, it was it was lying dormant at that time. Uh-huh. Uh, even before I knew you, I had taken uh, Russian in college. I had lived abroad and studied in Leningrad. And, uh, My I goodness, had, you kept all that secret. How about that? <laughs> I lived in the Soviet Union before, during, and after the fall of, of, of it all. Uh, I lived there during the coup attempt. I lived there... I was in Siberia when that happened, and they used to joke about it that I would have probably uh, uh, been relegated to Siberia forever if it had succeeded. Wow. 
you you've just enlightened me beyond my enlightenment. <laughs> this is amazing, and that you should be joining us here live today from Russia. Uh, are you in St. Petersburg? That's right. And that's the second largest uh, city in Russia, and uh, basically the cultural center. Very much so, which is uh, very dear to my heart and my my wife's heart and. My son, who's a piano player, we were all musicians, music majors, and so there's so much opportunity. You can almost do something every day here. All right, so your your heart had been captivated by Russia, but then you made the decision to leave the States and go to Russia. And uh, as we go into this break, I want you to think about how to encapsulate that uh, sense of calling, because I do believe it was a sense of calling to go to Russia. And then we're going to talk about what's transpired since then. Stay tuned, friends. We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chrismeyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint, my friends. We're talking with Lyle Thomas from St. Petersburg, Russia. That's where he is. He says in an email to me not too long ago, he says he has double-minded feet. Well, I've heard about a double-minded person. I've never heard about double-minded feet. But I think he's going to reveal to us in this segment of the problem what double-minded feet actually look like. So, uh, Lyle, we've kind of set a foundation for your heritage and uh, going back, uh, studying Russian in, in college, and uh, you spent a lot of time in the Soviet Union. Uh, you've experienced it all. Uh, when I look back on it, it's pretty amazing to realize how much uh, I've seen of the history since in the last few decades and how much I've actually been here. So it's 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 certainly a unique perspective, and 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 to say the least, I I love this place, and when it when it hurts, it I hurt with it. Now, when you say you love this place, I said that it's going to be from Russia with love. Uh, you say you love that place, but you also say you have double-minded feet. What does that mean? Certainly, lately, it's been a. It's been a challenge to understand what what in the world is going on here. Uh, I didn't. We we didn't, we've always been in. You know, it it goes and comes in waves. This kind of idea that what is your is your future certain here? When mm-hmm. you live in a place like this, you never know what's going to happen from one year to the next. And and we've been through periods where we wondered if we'd get, you know, thrown out. We had other colleagues here that that have been uh, either thrown out or who have were rejected at the border and said, you can't come in mm. out of nowhere. Uh-huh. Uh, and so we, it, it sort of always hung over our head. Uh, yet at the same time, what happened in February uh, came kind of out of the blue because uh, we just didn't expect all this to happen. And, and it changed the dynamics in the, in the atmosphere here almost instantly. Well, it's changed the dynamics of world history and perhaps biblical prophecy almost instantly. 
um, that's it, it, it's it's amazing how many things are coming together and faster and faster. Yeah, and not not always for good. We've talked about that going back all the way into February, believing uh, I am convinced uh, that this was uh, this this attack on Ukraine, regardless of how you want to look at it. The echoing consequences or the unintended consequences have actually resulted uh, in the progressive fulfillment of a, a biblical prophecy and situation that will lead us to uh, even greater fulfillment of events uh, as prophesied in Ezekiel 38 and 39 and perhaps elsewhere. But without getting into that, uh, I think it would be important for us to understand, other than the fact that you had this heart connection uh, with Russia, uh, what actually took you and your wife, Diana, back to Russia, and when was that? We moved here in 2007, and what, the, the, interestingly enough, it was my wife's initiative, which was amazing to really? me. Really? <laughs> uh, we had, we got engaged when I was in uh, Soviet Central Asia. Well, actually, it wasn't Soviet by that point. Uh, she came over to visit me, but I was teaching English in Kyrgyzstan. Uh-huh. Uh, the capital there, Bishkek, and I, I uh, asked her to marry me in the mountains up there. And uh, <laughs> boy, this story is is going on and on. How about? That? And uh, she fell in love with the place and the people as much as I did, and we knew that 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 at some point it would we would be called back. I remember just bawling when I when we got on the plane and left the place because I, I was so connected, mm. and it was. It was 15 years later that it that it finally came together. So um, you spent 15 years in the states, right. and um, so about 14 years ago, you left Richmond, Virginia, uh, where you had been involved up your eyeballs, you and I together, actually, in so many different ways, and you made your way back to uh, the Russian Federation uh, after the fall of the Soviet Union. Yes, and it was a hard it was a hard transition in many ways because I saw how difficult it was to do what you and I were doing together, trying to build unity within the churches and create a uh, a sort of a a general evangelistic effort mm-hmm. uh, because of the importance of unity in the body. And uh, I was somewhat disillusioned uh, after my uh, ten ten years of being in ministry there in Richmond. Coming and then I said, I'm going to a city now that's five times as large, and where the, the the maturity of the church, because it's so much younger in so many ways, is not even anywhere near where it is in Richmond. Well, maybe that's even better. Maybe you get to start more from scratch by going back to Russia. There, it's a very mixed bag. You're right. There mm-hmm. is a lot of advantage in being here. There's an openness, um, although I also have had to deal with with closed mindedness because. Mm-hmm. Back in the 90s, there was a huge influx of missionaries coming over here and trying to uh, have their influence. And uh, Fuller's School of Missiology has said that the the way the Russia was treated was one of the worst missionary debacles of the entire 20th century. Unbelievable. And, you know, it just came to my mind that uh, it was in 1993, uh, July, when I was called by a, a church in Richmond, Virginia, a large church here, the pastor was in Russia, and he had a dream, and the dream was you need to call that guy, that Chris Meyer guy, 
from Save America Ministries and have him come speak to your church in Richmond, Virginia. So he called his secretary uh, and said, I want you to have him come speak to my church. And I'll never forget what I spoke to that church on that day, uh, restoring the ancient landmarks. Well, the church happened to be called Faith Landmarks. And uh, so even there, it had a Russian connection. And uh, it seems that the more we talk about this, the more we look at the depths of the interconnectedness of so many different things, that Russia becomes a key element uh, in not only history, but also in prophecy and uh, in hyper-relevance in what's going on right now in our world. It, it, I, I'd, I'd love to hear more about the, the prophetic significance, but in terms of practical significance, it's, it's becoming front and center. And I think uh, in my, my assessment of what's going on is that Russia's decided to put a line in the sand and say, we're not playing by your rules anymore because you guys uh, are completely hypocritical. Mm-hmm. He, he calls the United States the the empire of lies, and it's pretty yeah, much Yeah, he just true. came out with that statement this weekend. Oh, he said it for a long time. That Those very words? Yes, it, yeah. it's been known a known phrase. <laughs> and, <laughs> well. and so it's hard to not sort of support the idea and principle when when you see that that uh that that the the western mindset is is dominating the world and and of course not with not with christian principles anymore well it was about seven eight years ago that the same vladimir putin came out and said boldly said that russia had become the moral uh center the moral strength uh and director of the world the U.S. was out and become totally pagan. What say you? Well, that's that's probably related to this 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 very old uh, tradition and sense that Moscow is, is they call it the Third Rome. Have you mm. heard that concept? Oh, not only have I heard it, I wrote about it in my book uh, King of the Mountain that came out in 2013. Mm. The chapter is called Gog and Magog versus God. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Third Rome. Now, that's a novel idea, probably, to most of our listeners. So since you've mentioned that, uh, let us uh, advance to that, and then we'll digress again to your specific calling there in Russia and what you've been about. Uh, so uh, Third Rome. First Rome was the Vatican, as we think about it. Rome in Rome. What was Second right. Rome then? Constantinople. All right. So there was a shift because the uh, Constantine did not consider the Vatican and the bishops of Rome to be authentic. He felt that they had perverted the gospel, didn't he? Well, it, it, I don't think this idea originated until after the split in 1054. Right. But that is the third Rome didn't originate. But no, the, the second Rome, I mean. Yeah, but there was there, a, were, there were some. Go ahead. There was a tremendous shift uh, between from the Vatican and the bishops of Rome to uh, the Byzantine Roman Empire, or the the Eastern Roman Empire, which became right. the re- most respected Roman Empire. Right. Okay. 
So then that was the second Rome. What happened to create a third Rome? Well, first of all, of course, Constantinople had to fall to the Muslims. Uh, but in the meantime, it was Prince Vladimir in 986 who in, said to himself, I need to find a, a religion for my people. Mm-hmm. And so he sent delegations around and they came back and, and said, we've looked at far and wide and this this was a, not appealing for this reason and this was not appealing for this reason. But we found orthodoxy to be most beautiful and most we felt like we were in heaven when we were at a worship service there. So the uh, Russian and, Orthodox Church, or the Muscovite Church, then became seen as the Third Rome, and a prophecy going back 1,500 years declares, and there shall never be another. Right, right. It took a while to develop, but by the, by the middle, by the, I think around by 1,500, that, that, that concept was solidified, and, and so it comes up periodically. There's this a sense that Russia... As a special calling, and and so that's why there's this idea of Russia and Russian peoples, which includes Ukraine and Belarus, mm-hmm. uh, that they are they are united, uh, and that to, to that it becomes almost theological, but it's but of course, yeah, uh, you know, it gets mixed up. And what people don't realize is that in many respects, in the mind and heart of the overarching. Uh, Russian orthodoxy, uh, lots lots of the roots of it go right there to Kiev in uh, Ukraine. Right, that that is where really it all began. And in, in fact, I was talking about Prince Vladimir. He was he was from Kiev, and so Russians see their spiritual roots in Kiev. So it's not nearly as mysterious as to why Vladimir Putin might want to reclaim that area because he feels that the very foundations and spiritual roots of Russia have been threatened and co-opted by the by NATO. Yes, there's more reasons than just that. They're practical and physical and sure. threat and, and all of that, but there 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 we can't deny that there is something of this this uh, sort of attitude that that we all belong together and and you guys are being compromised, and there's truth to that too. That that Ukraine has been compromised by the mm-hmm. West. Yeah, but but um, you know, of course, who, whose responsibility is to do what about it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which came first, the chicken or the egg? That kind right. of thing. All right, let's shift back now to your calling, your specific sense of calling back to Russia 14 years ago. What did you sense God was calling you to do there? Well, uh, you know my heart from my days in Richmond. My my, my heart is to see uh, the church, the the unified body of Christ in all its splendor and and power, mm-hmm. having an influence on the nations. Now, right. I I can't say that I that I came here with guns ablazing, you know, thinking that <laughs> little old me in a big place like this could could do all that. But the, well, the, it's the, kind the, of like yours truly here on this end forming Save America Ministries in 1993, as one uh, pastor once said, well, at least you didn't bite off more than you could chew. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, but nonetheless, it's it's been in the back of my mind. It's been a dream. It's been, it's been something that I've been slowly building a foundation for ever since then. But what I, what I decided to do, in distinction from how I 
approached ministry in Richmond, where where there the idea was bring the leaders together and let's talk, let's pray together, let's see God seek God's will for the city, and something beautiful emerged from it. Uh-huh. After I left Richmond, I realized this the the unity we had was fairly superficial. Yes. Very so superficial I, indeed. It's, so my, it's called task, Bible, Bible Belt superficiality. It was it was it was disheartening to say the least. <laughs> okay. So I moved to Russia, and because, uh, as you know, my other the other hat I played in Richmond was uh, as a family counselor, life coach, and things like that. Right. And so I decided to uh, emphasize that side of things and build leaders from within rather than start with existing leaders Mm -hmm. and so my my training i started training people uh and and helping disciple them into maturity all right we want to look at what that uh that actually looks like after the break we'll be right back there is so much more about chuck chris meyer and save america ministries on our website saveus.org for example, on the front page are two great videos. First, an interview and discussion of Chuck's book, Out of Egypt. Also, a great TV interview with Chuck regarding his book, Seduction of the Saints. Much more videos, a for pastors only section, and also you can view Chuck's weekly teachings. All at his website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Also on Chuck's website, listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast. Listen to the archives. Maybe you missed a program. Check it out at saveus.org. Also, there are some great resources, hospitality information, also information about marriage, divorce, and remarriage, newsletters, articles, prophecy, prayer and revival information, all at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint, friends from Russia, from Russia with love, from our special guest, Lyle Thomas, here today, who is basically an American Russian. Uh, He has Russia in his heart. He's had Russia on his heart and is there with double-minded feet uh, trying to figure out now what God would have him and his family to do. Before we get back with uh, Lyle, I want to make available to you my book, King of the Mountain the eternal epic end-time battle. And uh, the reason I want to do that, specifically for today, is that there are two very, very significant chapters in that book that deal in large measure with what we're talking about. And this book was written actually in 2012, 10 years ago, came out in 2013. Chapter 18 is called The Bear Versus the Pope. The Bear Versus the Pope. Isn't it interesting? The chapter begins with these words. Holy Vladimir, pray for us. I want you to think about that. Holy Vladimir, pray for us. It was a shocking and seemingly incongruous headline from the online version of Der Spiegel, one of Europe's most respected news magazines. And uh, so why would a rising trend in Russia lead people to pray to Vladimir Putin? honoring the ex-KG once and future president as the reincarnation of St. Paul. Yet it's true, and it reflects a moral, spiritual, social, and nationalist yearning in Russia to regain global glory regardless of the cost. And that was written front 
paragraph, first paragraph in chapter 18, 10 years ago. You say, how could you have known that? Well, you'll have to read the chapter and find out. So get a copy of the book, King of the Mountain. It's a $20 book, yours for $15. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Okay, Lyle, there's a war within. You sent me an email about a month ago titled The War Within, and it has to do with your double-minded feet and also with the mission that you're carrying on there and whether or not you're going to be able to continue with that. So I'm going to give you full reign here for a few minutes to lay that out for us. The mission is about building the, the, the capacity of the church to be the influence that it needs to be. In St. Peter, Petersburg, uh, uh, Russia. It's it's grown from from focusing on St. Petersburg to now, basically during the whole COVID mess, we uh, were forced to to go online, mm. and so as a result, we now have uh, an entire what we call an an academy of lots of different courses and serve Russians not only throughout Russia but actually in many different countries, uh, and I have my own sort of Telegram channel that I that I uh, post on. I've got several hundred people that subscribe to that and from mm-hmm. different countries. And uh, so sort of our, our, our reach has, has grown, but the, the idea is, is that we want to see a reformation in, in relationships so, so that the kingdom culture is manifest through the church and that that's what creates a transformation in society that the world sits up and takes notice about. So two years ago, when you came to Richmond, Virginia, for a little tete-a-tete with yours truly in the Christian Embassy on the shores of the James, which is our headquarters, uh, you actually were putting together a video uh, program, a video uh, teaching series for this very thing, weren't you? That's correct. Um, we work, we, I worked on it uh, to have a version in English. Uh, which I haven't done much to promote since then, but we we've done a lot more to create the materials uh, for this and other courses. Uh-huh. We start with the basics of what is a what is the what is a biblical understanding of how we talk to each other, all the way up to a biblical understanding of how do we listen to each other, how do we hold each other accountable, how do we listen to God together, how do we pray together, how do we seek God's will together, how do we go be on mission together, how do mm-hmm. we help each other be obedient to God together. It's through, and it's through those. those it's it's building the process of, of of what does the body look like, which nobody seems to ever talk about. It's more well, you're like, right. It's it's amazing, and even as you're articulating this now, uh, my own spirit leaps, and I realize the Holy Spirit is wanting to do this. Uh, this has been uh, this the mission of Christ and his uh, and the Holy Spirit since uh, Christ ascended back to the Father. And uh, we have been given short shrift to all of it. Why do you think that is? I think part of it is that that it's easier to have a culture where your focus is on doing whatever you can do best that affects everybody at once. So preaching, teaching, 
worshiping things like that. All right, Everybody so American it. big box culture. Sure, sure, okay. sure. But mm-hmm. but that's it's it's everywhere. I mean, it's it's kind of an, the lazy man's way to do Christianity when when in fact Christianity is about relationship, and you can't do that yeah. quickly. Which is spelled you, discipleship, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 yet I have had to repent from even a discipleship mentality, which is too individual focused, and 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 have to come to the place of understanding what does it mean to to have true community. Mm. Where we're walking together, holding each other accountable together, and loving, supporting, encouraging each other, uh, and being obedient together. We, the, there's there's no teaching on that. Some people do that well because they're gifted at it, but there's no systematic way of approaching how do we build a capacity to love one another and, it, and our community. Isn't it interesting, Lyle, that during our uh, sojourn in Richmond, Virginia, and going back uh, 27 years, we formed a, a house church in Richmond, Virginia, whose name is Covenant Community. That's exactly what you're articulating, and we chose those words to most accurately express what God was looking for among his people. Uh, I think... Those two words probably are a pretty good translation of koinonia. What do you think? I think you're right on the money. So uh, this is this conversation that we're having now is, yes, from Russia with love, but it's a message that God is giving to us here in the States and now from here spreading back across the world because this program is now heard in over 100 countries. And so... Uh, it's it's an amazing phenomenon uh, that is taking place even at this very moment, I think. When you talk about my double-minded feet, one of the reasons I feel that way is because, well, I say to God, if you're going to take me out of here, then I've got unfinished business to do in America, which is literally falling apart at the seams because of, of a deteriorating relationship. I've, I've seen them go from bad to awful in the 15 years that I've that have not been there, uh-huh. and you know everything—everything everything from denominational to race relations to political—you name it. It's it, people are not listening uh, to each other, and there's and and Christians are just as guilty as everybody else well, in many sure. respects. Well, one of the reasons we're not listening to each other is we're not listening to God. Sure, sure. You ha- we, he, he speaks in a still small voice, and we don't much like that. So two of our foundational courses are, one, what does it mean to listen to others? And two, what does it mean to listen to God? And then how do they relate to each other? Okay, and what do you call your ministry then? Um, we call it uh, we, we, we call it Novo, which is, uh, uh, you know, a Latin root just means to, to make new. And, right. and it actually works in English and lots of different languages, and, and Russians understand it, too, because it, mm-hmm. it the, the root is common to them. Right. Novo, N-O-V-O? Right. Okay. So if someone wanted to connect in with your website, they would go to where? Well, uh, to get to know more about me personally in English, uh, orphan-dreams.com is my personal blog. Orphan-dreams.com. Dot com. Dot com. Orphan-dreams.com. Okay. And how about Novo? 
Novo is uh, also the oversight organization that I work with based out of California. Okay. Actually, Giving something and, good can come out of California. That's where we came from. Every once in a while. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So you have double-minded feet. Your family, your children went with you at an early age to Russia that had recently come out of the Soviet Union and uh, your wife, Diana, they've been raised there. So where do they stand right now? Our kids? Yes. You, oh, the, your, your kids and your wife. That's a, <laughs> that's an interesting and big question. My kids have been through the ringer with, over the last several months. Two, the two older ones were in college, and uh, we were surprised to see how much this has impacted them because they all of a sudden see all of their everybody around them starting to say hateful things about Russians and all this yeah 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 ray, hoorah hoorah Ukraine out of the out of the blue. All right, so this is where this article that came out today, uh, Russophobia. Russians in the West complain as some consider them personally responsible for the uh, conflict in Ukraine. I've never seen anything like it, if, unless you go back to how the Japanese were treated in World War II, or of mm-hmm. course, you know, race relations back in the day. But but to see actual intimidation and hatred towards Russians for being Russian that that just blows me away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, I there I, I see sinister elements trying to provoke this kind of mindset. It's just not native to America to to actually be hateful and spiteful like that and it, it just it, it's absolutely demonic well indeed it is so your kids are struggling with this and uh, have you been able to maintain your family there in st petersburg or in russia or what's happened so immediately after uh, the uh, invasion and things got crazy and we pretty much with all the other uh well, mostly everybody we knew left Russia and were, and um, stayed stayed gone for a while asking, when will this ever work out? All right. We're going to pick up on that right after the break, Graham. Stay tuned. This is Viewpoint. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by His Spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, Behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Again, you're listening to Viewpoint from Russia with love from our our friend Lyle Thomas, who uh, studied Russia. He's been in Russia. He speaks Russian. 
Uh, he is ministering in Russia and has been for many years. And uh, I want to go back to some words that I wrote 10 years ago in the book, King of the Mountain, the Eternal Epic End Time Battle. Please listen. Vladimir Putin's rise to the brink of the Russian presidency has been so swift and so unexpected that Washington and the rest of the world have been caught flat-footed. Yet, the West seems to decide that nothing has changed. Nothing, however, could be further from the truth. Putin's popularity soared. As Newsweek so aptly stated, he struck just the right chords of nationalism, speaking to the Russian pride, and backs up his words with action. Putin is the Russian everyman made good. The problem the world faces with Russia did not begin with Vladimir Putin, though. Time magazine put the matter in perspective as early as 1992. The 20th century dealt harshly with Russia. Revolution, three wars, 60 million dead, people enslaved by a 70-year experiment in communism. Now, Time's readers were informed that Russia's directing, that forces directing Russia's choices are dark forces. The looming question presented in Time's cover story, and still is, can Russia escape its past? The invariable answer, born on the broken wings of 20 and more years of history, is a resounding no. By October 2011, the Los Angeles Times sounded a global alarm. Watch out for Putin and Russia. The conclusion? Russia is entering rough waters and the world will feel the turbulence. Are we feeling that turbulence yet, Lyle? <laughs> to say the least. Can you believe that I wrote those words 10 years ago? Very appropriate. Mm. We're all feeling it, not just because I live here. Everybody's feeling it. Everybody is feeling it, and that's why we're talking about it right here today, and it's been front row center news just this weekend. It's uh, quite unbelievable, and uh, people do not understand it. They don't have a concept. All they know is what they're fed in a propaganda style uh, with a propaganda-style news media, not too different from Pravda uh, there in Russia. Pravda being called the truth, which is far from it. How do you know when we're hearing the truth or not? Are you asking me? Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you the truth teller? I, that obviously that's a big deal to me, and it's it's so hard to come back when I was in America for that the couple of months. Right after this started, all of a sudden, everybody's you know has become an expert on Russia and telling me, you know, all, how bad Russia is and how what an evil man Putin is, and nobody nobody ever said that before about him. Now they all know <laughs> differently, and I think that's because they all listen to the same sources. Well, they they don't seem to see uh, all of those signals in the man sitting in the White House in America. Yeah, it's 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 very frustrating, and and of course. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to defend everything the man says either. But I find myself wanting to be to to say, you know, people wake up. There's 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 more to the story here than you're being told. Yeah. And, and we need to we need to get below the surface to understand the incredible dynamics of, of what's what's being stirred up and why it's being done. 
That's true, and you and I cannot resolve that in this 50-minute conversation here. But I do want to get back now. You're, we're still dealing with your, double, your, your double-minded feet. And uh, you, you've made your way back to Russia. You've left your family somewhere. Where are they now? Well, um, right. Or dare we now, even I'm, talk about that? It's okay. My, my uh, two older ones are still in school, and my youngest one, he's gone through the, an interesting transition, too. He, when we left here in, in February... He was actually ready to leave. He said, "I want to go to America. I want to transition. I want to go to school." Uh-huh. And and now, having been there several months, he he actually recently said to us, "I, I think I think I need I'm I missed out on on what the wonderful things God was giving me through my living there in Russia, and he wants to come back." Wow, isn't that amazing? Uh, we were blown away. And how about your uh, dear wife Diana? Uh, she. She also feels this this double mindedness too because she loves Russia. She loves walking around the neighborhood. She loves seeing and, and soaking in the history and the architecture and the and the culture. Uh, she she feels like it's home. But uh, you know the the older our kids get and the, the fact that they're transitioning has 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 been a pull there. And she's an only child and she feels the pull to. Uh, take care of her parents and be with them, and who can blame her? Oh. So, and she's not there with you then in Russia at the moment. No, actually, she is. Oh, she is. She, she's come back. She, she came back. They had we had, we all had to come back at least briefly to take care of some paperwork. Mm-hmm. She would not be here right now. Another little amazing <laughs> twist to the story because if we hadn't gone through enough stress as it was, the day after she arrived to take care of her paperwork, I broke my collarbone. Oh my goodness! Ended up in the hospital. And here I thought nobody... you had feet problem. That right? Or maybe you did. Maybe that's what resulted in the collarbone problem. <laughs> it was a it was a scooter problem. Oh, are you doing okay? Doing much better now, uh, but right. it was it was it was a rough few days, and I couldn't even receive any visitors. And she had come the day before, and she was supposed to leave. I got out on Thursday. She was supposed to leave on Friday. But, of course, she said, no, I'm going to stay here for mm-hmm. my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's been helping nurse me back to health. Well, that's uh, good. That's wonderful. All right. So uh, your feet are still double-minded, are they? Uh, what, what Are you having a reconciliation between your feet as to what you're going to do? I've never, I've never been in doubt that Russia is where my heart is, and I want to minister here. Even if God calls me away, I would still be ministering here. I would be doing mm-hmm. it at a distance. I see. Um, as it stands, we, we at this point, we plan on being here, uh, particularly because of what my son has said. He wants to be here. We're, that that helps give us extra sort of impetus and energy sure. to be able to stay here, and so I'm thankful for that. Uh, so there's there's just a ton to do, but if if but my heart just never, never quits having a concern for what's going on over in America, too. And maybe yeah. maybe there's a way to, to bring it together someday, but uh, there's plenty to do, I'll say that. Well, we're certainly doing some of it even here on the air today, I suspect. It's, it's good to talk about these things. It really uh-huh. is. All right. Let's uh, take a little visit to Vladimir Putin. Uh, Vladimir Putin is a fascinating guy, former KGB agent, and uh, he, he seems to have that kind of a mind and heart set. He's, he's, he's a 
a fairly, uh, would you call him ruthless? How would you describe him? He's hard to read. Uh, and I, 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 the thing is, he, he's, he's, he's dead set on what he wants to do mm-hmm. and he's focused on it. Yep. And you, you may not agree with his policies, but he's going to get it done. And the thing is, he's always been honest about what he wants to do mm-hmm. and he's, he's followed through on it. Well, he warned about uh, this situation. In fact, Very he was so. warned in this country uh, going back about eight, ten years ago. Our leaders in Washington were warning about this situation uh, concerning the encroachment on Russia's border uh, by Ukraine, by NATO, and uh, nobody heeded the warnings. So from Vladimir Putin's standpoint, he says, look, I can't put up with this anymore. You are violating our uh, our borders. Uh, you may not care about your borders, but I care about mine. And uh, what you're doing is you are westernizing Ukraine with the intent of destroying Russia. That's his viewpoint, isn't it? Right, and not to mention the Nazi issue, which the people in the West deny is, is a factor. Speak to that for a moment. Well, this is a difficult issue to talk about because I I have to be in a position here in Christian leadership where I want to be. I, I'm trying to bring people together. Right. But it it's undeniable that there are uh, a lot of influences in, in the Ukraine that, that, that I, and I think the West has had a lot to do with this, that, that support some of these highly nationalistic efforts that have brought these real Nazis into positions of leadership. Of course, mm. I'm not talking about the people, but there's, right. there's, there's a, it's, it's created the atmosphere to where you, you mentioned earlier in the program, uh, the, uh, getting rid of Russian authors and Russian language and stuff like that. Kind and of that's thing. just this weekend. The, uh, the Ukraine actually voted their, their parliament voted these laws and all they have to be done is signed by Zelensky and their law, and reports are he's yeah. in favor of them. And so I've heard stories from different people about how there's they have had to deal with this increasing anti-Russian sentiment over the last several years since mm-hmm. since about that time. And um, you know there there's all kind of dynamics and whatnot, but but I, I, <laughs> hatred is never never much to build on from either side no we're supposed to hate evil so where is the evil in this i think that's one of the problems we're we're being told that the evil is in the heart of vladimir putin and russia a russian leadership mm-hmm. and uh, mr Zelensky is the crusader of righteousness and the, the pope himself the other day did you see this article came out and said it's not so black and white I, yes he I did he ever, finally came out and said that uh, i i i was amazed because i hardly ever agree with him but he, he was right <laughs> on the money exactly i i agree with that all right so let me give you uh what i believe is happening here uh in in terms of biblical prophecy and you can respond You don't have to agree with me, but you can respond to your thoughts. Okay. What seems to me to be happening is something that could never have happened before to unite the resurrecting Roman Empire other than this attack on Ukraine. 
This has resulted in what they, you call the law of unintended consequences. And so nations that heretofore were not prone or likely to join NATO now are preparing to join NATO, which basically is a euphemism for the resurrected Roman Empire of Daniel, uh, the book of Daniel. And you... it's being set up so that it's the Roman Empire versus Russia. Are you connecting the, the World Economic Forum with, with Roman Empire? Absolutely. Absolutely. The World Economic Forum and the whole globalist movement is part of this NATO expansion, the resurrection, resurrected Roman Empire. That's what it is. And it's and happening right in front of our eyes. Would you agree that that is the same thing as this macro-level fight between a unipolar versus multipolar world? Absolutely. It's just different terms being used to describe the same thing. So in that sense... Russia is carrying, are you saying, a, a, a at least somewhat righteous banner? Russia is carrying a somewhat righteous banner, but the end result of it may not be righteousness. And when Since you it combine can never it, be exactly, yes, but... and when you combine it with the oil and gas situation, which is the secondary fallout of all of this, that is leading us to a situation that will drive Russia, Iran, which is Persia, Libya, and uh, Turkey, and many other nations with them, to attack Russia, uh, Israel at the appropriate time. All of this is being set up unsuspectingly, I think, to most players, including Vladimir Putin. Look, I really appreciate your joining us here. Uh, friends, I urge you to pray for Lyle Thomas and his wife, uh, Diana, in their mission. They need to get uh, reconciliation with their, their feet that are uh, double-minded. They want to make sure that they're doing the right thing for the right reasons at the right time. Pray for them. Thank you so much, Lyle, for joining us. And uh, friends, get a copy of the book, King of the Mountain. $20 book, yours for $15 on our website, saveus.org. You will not be disappointed. Become a partner. Send your gifts by faith to Save America Ministries. Do it today. Don't delay. Don't be like others who are professional or You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 